Mansplanation is a show about two men trying to break free from the prison of toxic masculinity. They offer no professional advice or suggestion. They will occasionally use adult language and will often discuss examples of violence and malicious behavior, so parental guidance is recommended. There you are. Okay. Say something real quick. My name is Tim. Even then, not in the ill communication way. No, nah. She's 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 bad. Nope, that doesn't work. Not in the Michael Jackson way. <laughs> How are you doing today, Tim? I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm hoping I'm not getting sick. Yeah, but, something going around. Uh, yeah, it's this cloud of smoke. Oh, and yes, that's covering. California, well, at least the Bay Area, and well, have you thought about going out California? in the Tim? Have I thought about it? What? That's, apparently, that's all you need to do. Doing what now? Raking the leaves. No, I don't. Have you, have I, you I heard don't, this? I don't live in upstate New York. I don't need to rake leaves. I'm not a peeper. Okay, so Donald Trump uh, did an interview where he said in uh, Finland they don't have forest fires because <laughs> they rake their leaves, and he knows this because the Finnish president told him this. Finnish president said we had no conversation like this. America's racist grandpa. Yep. Pretty much. Worse than that. America's racist uh, uncle grandpa. It's the worst parts of America combined. Yeah. He doesn't drink. How could... (laughs) He doesn't drink, Todd. He's a guy that's failed upwards for 72 years because he's white, he's rich, he's had influence. The, the ball's been in his court the entire time, and he's shocked that no one else has the has the recipe. Welcome to Mansplanation, a discussion. I, sorry, I don't have my notes in front of me. And I just started to do the introduction. Uh, where is it? It's a something about something. Where you want to we, give it a shot? Where we talk? Do you want to do it? Do you want yeah, to do I'll the intro? I'll do this one on the fly. Welcome to Mansplanation. My name's Todd. This is Tim also. And uh, today we'll be talking about, uh, basically we'll be two white men talking about owning our shit, trying to make the world a better place and getting through it all. It was okay. It felt it okay. weird. It felt weird. Yeah. Come on, Tim. It always well, feels weird. Do you want to do, you want to do the intro now? I, you could do no, the intro. No, you, you didn't have one at, at hand, so I figured, yeah, hey, let me give it a shot. I mean, the intro is always the same. It's always supposed to be the same. Yeah. But that was a good and one. And I That's... didn't have it in front of me either, so I figured, yeah, I'll just uh, let's see what happens if I wing it. Thanks for being impatient. Do you want to do another take? No. You're That's drinking... perfect. <laughs> it was perfect the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll edit it together. So what's the manliest thing you did this week? Manliest thing that I did this week. The manliest thing that I did this week. Um, so I work for a government agency that uh, works with homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. And 
Thanksgiving is coming up. And last year, what we did was we found out that there was a car dealership that gives away free turkeys with along with like one of the morning drive time talk shows. And uh, we called them Wednesday morning and said, do you have any leftover turkeys? Because we're trying to give them to, you know, homeless, hungry veterans. And they said, well, we have 60. How many do you want? And the only good answer there is I want 60, please. So they gave us 60 turkeys like at 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And I spent the rest of the day lying, like just going from vet to vet that I know that that's on my caseload. That's on all of our caseloads. Like, here's your turkey. We'll see you. Here's your turkey. We'll see you. And just did, you know, played turkey Santa Claus for nine hours straight. Passing out some turkeys. Yeah. And so uh, last week, uh, my coworker and I, we set that up to do that this year. So we made, reached out to the contacts, let them know, hey, we're not trying to, you know, horn in on your stuff, but if you got extras. We'll find them good, uh, good deserving homes. homes. Good, good bellies. Yeah. Who's yeah. in, who's that's who's in charge of the turkey in your your family? Um, typically it's my mom. Yeah, you mean like doing the turkey or carving the turkey? Oh, I the that's who. Well, let's take it from beginning to end. Okay, so. Um, typically my mom does the turkey. She's the one that cooks it. She's the one that makes it. She's the one that buys it, defrosts it. She's the one with the most culinary experience in the family. Uh, this year, my older sister's contribution is there buying the turkey. Okay. Um, carving the turkey, it's either my mom or my brother, who's kind of like the de facto big brother in the family. He's been my older sister's partner since they were 13 and 14 respectively. I forgot that was a thing. Carving a turkey? Yeah. yeah. Like it being the thing, a, that the, it, the thing that the the man does. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like at one point my mom pulled me aside. It's like, is it weird that Paul does this? It's like, I don't really care. <laughs> it, it, it's not surgery. It's not, it's nothing that, you know, I, I they all eat white meat, white meat. I like the legs and the dark meat because let's face it, that just tastes better. <laughs> and uh, so I just rip off a leg ultimately. Where the that's where the blood is. I don't know. I don't, the, it's the tastier meat. It's it just tastes better. I think. What about you, Tim? It depends. What about what do you mean? What about me? I've never made Who a buys turkey. Or I've never or made it. I've never bought a turkey. I've never made a turkey. I've never carved a turkey. Now, if we're talking about chicken, that's a whole other story. You've carved a chicken. Oh, I've I've carved up a chicken. Okay, I've cooked up a chicken. On Thanksgiving? No. Oh. Uh, no, my, yeah, mom, mom does everything. Um, I'm trying to think usually historically, historically in my family, I would say mom and grandma did everything, including carving it. Like the turkey never came to, right? Like there was never that, you know, scene in the Norman Rockwell, the man carving the turkey, putting it on everyone's plates, Chevy Chase and, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where the okay. whole table, where the like the the turkey's just on the table and he starts carving it, mm-hmm. they would carve it in the kitchen with an electric okay. knife, which I thought was funny. Which I I wonder if that still exists. That's not a thing that exists anymore, is it? it? Does a, an electric carving my knife? My wife, uh, when we when we were registering for our wedding gifts, she she wanted to register for one. And I, I said no because I think they're stupid. <laughs> and 
it's kind of like one of those things where you know like in the uh whirlwind whatever of registering for gifts and getting married everything seems like a great idea then once that wears off slightly you're like oh yeah that would have been dumb we don't need that right that would just take up space in a drawer yeah and you would use it maybe once a year maybe once a year and let's face it if you've cooked something that requires sharpened electricity to get through it (laughs) you you haven't done your job Uh, we my my family we ate a lot of roasts so it was used a lot okay um to carve up like you know rib roast or or beef whatever meat was on hand but i i always it's something you don't i don't even think right same thing it's like why do you need uh a power knife a power to essentially a, a saw a power saw yeah. a tool for to, the kitchen to cut through it i mean it's you know you want to do it fast and quick you want to get it get that meat does it make it faster or quicker? Perfect even. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I could understand if you're a butcher, you're working in a um, deli, that would be one thing. But Yeah, yeah I feel, it, it's interesting because I feel like it, that's totally something that I can see coming back as um, that kind of cooking moves from being like, right, like, I see that as an appliance sold in like the 50s and 60s as, oh, this will make your this will make your housewifery so much easier, mm-hmm. less time, uh, saving time. And now, especially since men have really like doubled down on, well, we are the barbecue Kings and meat hmm. and there's that. And I, I, selling... mean, I think a lot of men are just like, no, I would like to cook this. I, I remember watching my mom do this when I was a kid, I was fascinated by it. And, I don't give a shit about football, so I think I would like to try this. Cooking? I, I think that's cooking. something that's really cooking, and more specifically, cooking for the big holiday meals. Hmm. I Do think you... a lot of the, the the gender roles around that are starting to evaporate, especially like my mom and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, she she was uh, I was talking about like doing something with my daughters. She's like that. That's really good that you did that. Your dad didn't do stuff mm. like that my dad is a good man blah 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 works 16 hours a day but she said it was also the time yeah that, that back then men just d- didn't do the things that men do now we're not we're way more involved in parenting and way more hands-on i'm looking forward to doing girl scouts with my daughter oh, that's stuff like that that's fun well it's just yeah, no yeah. it's just scouts now no i forget there was a controversy there was a weird yeah i think it is just scouts no but... that was the boy scouts wanted to shift to just being called scouts okay to be more inclusive and then girl scouts were like well no we're also the scouts um, okay this is a good place to seg but i also want to like dig more into the thanksgiving cooking thing so okay. i'm just going to say that i'm just going to this anecdote of like being a kid this like being a kid and like some of the men in my family like would help out in the kitchen. It was it was strange because right like it was like oh the you know it was that kind of classic the women do the cooking in Not the kitchen men watch football. My dad did dishes right like it that like around my I would say like my dad's generation and even earlier like it you know people born in the late 40s, 50s, 60s, helping out with the dishes and and cleaning up and setting up became... It's probably considered progressive. More normal. Yeah, yeah, became more progressive. Um, but it was funny because I just remember like stories of 
the women in my family complaining about how the men didn't help out with cooking. It's like, oh, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll never help out. Couldn't get them to do it. Like sort of as that, that was like kind of the refrain, uh, like in kind of a response to that wave of femi- feminism in that generation about like, well, how, you, you will never get a man to do the laundry or X, Y, mm-hmm. you know, to do what was perceived as being uh woman woman's work or a feminine type of task growing up in that atmosphere of it wasn't right it wasn't that these were assigned gender role expectations it was like kind of like individual choice okay who would and wouldn't help out kind of thing but also getting the message of a kid is like well no this is this is what the girls do and what the ladies do it was right like this weird confusing set of mixed mixed messages yeah um if that makes sense but you know talking about right like now now we're doing things that you know men are boys let's start with boys boys are more interested and allowed like allowed to be interested and show or encouraged to be interested in doing things that were not traditionally masculine like helping out in the kitchen Instead of one of the major networks for children right now is the food network. Really? Because it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like as somebody who's spent a lot of time watching a lot of cartoons uh, t- today, I went and out and I saw a grown up movie. It was the first time I had done that in months and it just felt good. Nobody broke into songs. There were no animals. It was just wonderful. And I think that's kind of something like the Food Network's a nice bridge to that because it's something that a, an adult can watch and gain a level of appreciation from, and the kid can watch it. Uh, my wife is watching uh, the Great British Bake Off, oh, yeah. and my daughters, who were four and two, are really into it. They're, yeah. they're, that's a good <laughs> one, one of the things that they found fascinating is in the current season on Netflix, There's a, one of the participants has uh, six fingers. Oh, okay. I believe it was a birth defect. It's not really addressed, which is kind of cool. I, you know, why should it be addressed? Right. But of course, my four-year-old is stuck on it and really wants to know. It's like, is it because she didn't listen to her mom and dad? <laughs> Stuff like that. How did she get those cut it off? So we're, we're trying to have a talk with her about that. But yeah, right now, the Food Network is like a major thing for a certain age to watch with your children. Uh, uh... <laughs> What do you tell your children, Todd? If you, you disobey, you'll grow extra limbs? No, no, <laughs> you'll lose limbs, Tim. Come on, get with it. Okay. I'm not a monster. I'm going to cut your hand off mm-hmm. if you touch that one more time. I can yeah. totally see you saying not, not at all. No, I, I cannot I not at all that. see you saying that. But, I mean, I think you had been over to my house when uh, my oldest, she fell, and immediately my response was, what do we like? Oh, pain. Yeah. And then her response was mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't pain. want her to be afraid of getting a little bit hurt and doing something that hurts a little bit, like running or anything like that. Well, I haven't watched, I'm not caught up on Great British Bake Off. It is one of my favorite shows um, since they they switched hosts. I think that's the the newest season where it's mm-hmm. my favorite Mighty Boosh actor, Noel Fielding. Yeah. Everyone's. Favorite British fop, mm-hmm. Vince Noir, Richmond the Goth from the IT crowd. I'll, well, yeah, we're just going to talk about this. Has suddenly become a Noel Fielding fan cast. Mm-hmm. We talk about all of his projects and how he's influencing children. 
but um, yeah. So right, yeah, so I, I think I think with a lot more kids watching the Food Network, they want to try stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. if my if I'm having a hard time getting my kids to eat, a surefire thing to do is hey, let's make something together. So I've had to go out and research recipes that you know that kid can do something easy but still you know kind of fun something that would be interesting for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah you hit on it like a couple minutes ago about right <laughs> men are doing things like cooking now mm-hmm. uh, they're also doing things like having female friends yes um yes. which Apparently is, I think of all the things we've talked about, this is like legitimately new territory. This idea of cross gender friendships, which I think is the correct term because I did some reading about it because I was like, oh, what's the, what's the history? Like, is there like, what's, let me look at some, you know, psychological, sociological things about friendship and human bonding. Cross-sex friendships, um, female bonding, male bonding, and then cross-sex friendships. And yeah, it's because of how, you know, work and responsibilities have been gendered for pretty much the majority, like of civilization, not not to say all civilizations have gendered, but this, up until recently. But up until now, like this, the 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 form of patriarchy and you know that has existed in America and European civilization, blah blah blah, has kept men and women separate. So like that, the only time for bonding that made sense was um, was romantic bonding. Um, that, that, that this, this, this whole problem of, you know, or just talking about women having male friends and men having female friends and all the different genders having non romantic interest in each other, like just straight up, straight up platonic love, platonic friendship, you know, interest in that kind of bonding there there it didn't exist um right if it, if you were going to work in the 1940s 50s 60s whatever and you were a man you were hanging out with other men maybe right. a secretary but you weren't hanging out with her you were telling her hey get me coffee i need this filed you were the her people boss. That interact right. with on a parallel level would be other men when we start going to work all of a sudden they start doing the same jobs we are and uh we're forced to interact with them and engage them on a more respectful level Um, as it should be. Yeah. Which isn't, which that that's a whole other topic and interesting to me, but that kind of how that boss employee really, especially having been in middle management in my life, you're not supposed to be friends with the people you manage or your employees. Right. Um, Which I have a, huge amount of problems with but that it's interesting that to think about how that kind of does stem from the fact that we were also gendering right like in in the workplace the women you would have interacted with as a man and vice versa mm-hmm. well not vice versa but right would have been your subordinates and would have always been your subordinates because they weren't, they weren't allowed to be in a parallel um, role 
I think or a superior role. I think that's the premise of the entire, you know, Mad Men series. But like this is a new problem. Can like, you be friends with women? Of of any of the research like stuff I've looked in, it's like it all it's like there's no real historical data like and I'm like, is that really true? In even in like fiction? Like are there examples Ooh. of and and so I could but right. And so speaking of fiction, literally Every hokey or, you know, on vice or the art of manliness or psychology today, any blog post article seemed about this topic that I found and read uh, brought up when Harry met Sally, like without fail, without fail. Okay. <laughs> Apparently when Harry met Sally is, the, is it's like patient zero. Yeah. Is patient zero of men can't be friends with women because sex will always be in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some articles start out was like, well, apparently it's like, I thought Harry and met Sally, def- you know, kind of set this in stone that there, there can be no friendship between heterosexual men and women, um, which is insane, which is, which is, <laughs> which is completely insane to me. It, yes. It's, it's mind blowing to me. So, um, I thought I would start by just talking about my experience. I, I grew up with like as a little like as as like a three to five year old like earliest memories. Most of the other kids my age in my neighborhood were girls, so mm-hmm. I like most of like had a lot of female friends. Okay, it wasn't until like the past three or four years I realized that some, specifically men, other men thought that that was a problem. Hmm. Um, I don't know, right? Like, and it's weird they because it was it's like weird. they thought that uh, you know I don't know if I want Tim hanging out with my wife, kind of a thing, or um, had that conversation or gotten that vibe? I don't know if I mean, I've gotten this conversation from my female friends talking about their boyfriends, mm-hmm. um, or like right new boyfriends, and like that conversation about like this married guy wants to hang out with you. That's weird. Oh, and actually, yeah. Or somebody's brother said something to her. Yeah, it was. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it's weird because how it, it had never occurred to me. What, what like really caught me off guard was that it was like from people who didn't know me. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, well, did you explain? We were just, we're just friends and we, this is how we met and that we have, similar interests and that's why we hang out and talk um i'm kind of the same as you here in that you know i kind of grew up with a lot of women in my life and honestly i feel a lot more comfortable around most women than i do most men mm-hmm. i feel like i have a lot more in common i don't give a shit about sports <laughs> anything like that um but i, I kind of tend to be a little hyper aware like if i'm hanging out with a woman and they're in a relationship i really try to go out of my way like I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was single. I was like, hey, we're going to go get drinks afterwards. Why don't you and your boyfriend come right. out? Why don't you and your husband come out? And just like right. they can meet me. Hopefully I could just diffuse the situation, have a friendship. Hey, maybe her boyfriend or husband's pretty good people too. And I can hang out with them too. Yeah. But yeah, I was always very kind of like, I don't want this guy thinking I'm horning in on his wife or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. I've, I've been maybe painfully unaware of that for whatever which is interesting because it's like oh yeah it's all over the media 
right? Like mm-hmm. in, in like right the Harry Met. I've never seen Harry Met Sally. Me either. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Apparently, we'll stop it's... referencing it right now. Maybe uh, we'll come up with like an episode of How I Met Your Mother or something. Well, apparently, what? Oh, right. Apparently, it's worth watching. And and it's weird because I liked Rob Reiner movies. I like Billy Crystal. I like Meg Ryan. I've seen a lot of their movies, especially from their There's time. There's no reason like, why I haven't seen yeah. it. I'm not opposed yeah. to it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's, it's a weird blind spot that I have. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's worth watching, so maybe we should watch it. Maybe that can be an episode. <laughs> I think this is it, so we've too late. But we, yeah. It's never too late for later. Um, yeah. Scene in there where Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan are talking, and you know, men and women can't be friends yes. because men inherently want to sleep with you. Yes. Which I think is even beyond, right, like, to me it's like, that's a whole separate thing. That, that, um, you know, does that mean gay men can't have male friends? Uh-huh, I think you're hitting onto something there. Does that mean one of the reasons? I think that's one of the reasons why straight men have a hard time. Some straight men have a hard time hanging out with gay men, huh? Because of that that uh, weird dichotomy there. It's like, well, if I'm hanging out with him, then he might be into me, and then what do I do? What if I'm attracted to him? What if I might enjoy it? What if uh, I ruin a friendship? Whatever. So it's so yeah. There's a lot in here. So maybe this is. Let's go back to the one thing you said about you feel more comfortable with female friendships than you do with male friendships, and and right, you place it on. There's more similar interests, just like from the way men are raised to be more focused on sport, right? Like mm-hmm. to have a certain type of aggression, the masculine like hobby, right? And I used to. Right. For some reason, I had that story in my head for a while, too. And then (laughs) recently, I realized, actually, you know, I have probably an equal amount of very close male friendships and very close female friendships. And I'm like, I never really thought that way. I always really thought, no, I can only get to be close friends with women and I'm like, that's kind of messed, right? And I'm like, I, like I realized, I'm like, that's a messed up thing, but that's just, I right for whatever reason. And I think maybe that's part of. I mean, th- I think you're hitting onto something here. Like, you you are friends with a lot of men, but you're not friends with the kind of guys who are like, yeah, we're gonna go paint our chests and go to yeah. watch a football game. But I never was like into a fight in the parking lot. You never know. But that's the thing. I never really was. But it, but. Like it was, it always seemed like, especially in high school, it always seemed like, even though I was friends with, you know, this, the skater boy, skater kids or the theater kids and the theater boys, they were always still trying to be that they were still trying to fit into that box of, of, you know, hypersec, you know, everything's about sex and abuse essentially what i'm just going to refer to is abusing women and men mm-hmm. um yeah being sexually aggressive let's just right. say that which comes out as abuse often yeah. my social anxiety and like my comfort around people isn't really based on gender. their gender 
I think you like uh, a certain type of person. I yeah. think you intend to encounter more women who have that type of personality, but there's definitely men. And if there's one one thing I've really noticed about you, I've been thinking about this since you sent me the question. You're one of the very few people I know that does a really good job of being a friend to a person, but also having probably an equal friendship with that person's spouse. Yeah, that's that's and true. And I say spouse, I'm using it in the gender neutral way because I can think of women in your life that you have very close friendships with their husbands, boyfriends, and vice versa. It's it's significant other, partner. Partner yeah. is the word that, that I find most people are trying to use now in, in the Bay Area as a gender okay. neutral, like... Um, because it's shorter than like trying, yeah. yeah, your partner. And um, to me, it makes sense. I mean, like if you're going to be friend with a certain type of girl and she's in a relationship, chances are that person that she's chosen to be in a relationship with has qualities that interest her, you know, simultaneously qualities that would probably interest you. So why not be friends with them as long as they're into it? Hey, cool. Yeah. Um, no jealousy, no problems. And you've broadened your circle. I Right. And I'm like, I have a few noteworthy examples that are kind of counter examples and it's come okay. up after the, that like that relationship has broken up where so like, would the other person would say, Hey, my boyfriend husband was a little jealous of you. No, 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 little... no, no, not at that. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay. We're, we're essentially like the relationship ended and right. As you do, you become friends with one of the people. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, and right, like I tend, like I, like I don't. You tend have to keep the woman. Lot. I tend to keep the woman. Yes, as is just like Conan taught me. Yeah. To hear their lamentations, um, I I wouldn't say of intent. It's like I feel closer because right, like even in cases where I've maintained friendships to to both of the exes, both of the, mm -hmm. the former partners. And I'm right. Like I honestly, like I, I know why it's because as men and boys, we're trained not to be intimate and not show our emotions. And so I gravitate towards friendships that are more intimate, right? Like where you talk okay. about how you feel and what you're thinking. Right. Yeah. And I think it's ultimately what most of us are looking for, or at least should be looking for. Right. Um, right to not just show, exp express your emotions in anger. Yeah, we're still like me, even me. Like right, like it's like yeah, I was trained to only express anger, right, or to not express myself but hold it in, and the only way mm -hmm. to appropriately express it was by yelling or being Throwing angry. Stuff. Yeah. Right. What's that? Throwing stuff. Throwing stuff. Yeah, I've never thrown anything. Oh God, no, me either. I punched a wall. I punched many a wall. <sighs> I've never, Man, I haven't done that since like junior high. I've never broken my hand. I've no, never, never done that. You haven't done it and, since and, junior. And high. I, I can think of a college roommate that, like, I remember going into his room and he, like, he had holes in the in the drywall, and it's like, first of all, dude, we got to talk about this because this is going to come out of our security deposit. Second of all, <laughs> uh, what's going on? Why are you this angry? What's going on? I don't know, man. It's just this and that, and it's like. Okay, and he's like, I mean, consciously, I'm in my hands, like, I'm not going to be friends with this guy. This is not going to, we got nothing in common. If I go hang out with someplace, I'm going to get drugged into a fight in a parking lot, which sucks and is dumb. And yeah, I, I eventually, I made a very specific, okay, I'm going to distance myself from this guy. Now, didn't the next semester. Now, to be fair, I've had 
I have plenty of female friends who are the ones that have gotten me into fights. Yeah. Because they're the ones that talk shit, right? Like, like yeah. I think, and I think this goes back to the thing of like, I think it's a ridiculous thing to even try to say because it's like saying, I'm going to categorically remove 50% of the population from people I could be a friend with Mm -hmm. because I may be sexually attracted to them. Right. And I like, I, (laughs) um, I've, I've had another male friend accuse me of that. Um, and it was hard, right? Like it was really hard for me to wrestle with because it was like, yeah, I am attracted to her. That's a whole different thing to me. That's a whole separate thing. At least Mm -hmm. now, like, like, right. I could not put it like it really upset me at the time and I couldn't really figure it out. But like now it's like, well, sexual desire and friendship are two separate things. I'm even going to take it down a notch from sexual desire. Just finding someone attractive, like, wow, that, that is an attractive person. Sure. Recognize that and not be like, I'm sexually attracted to it. Sure. But I think, right, the the attraction, right, it's all kind of kind of bound up into each other because we're we're physical creatures. We're not just, mm-hmm. you know, computer programs running running lines of We're not know, Spock. Solving. We're not but even Spock was half human, Ton. He oh, was this in, is true. This is in, true. He, Never a Star Trek guy. Even so, Spock yeah, had sure. female friends. Though in the new movies he's in a relationship with Uhura. Okay. <laughs> no, didn't see those. Didn't see the no, new sorry. movies. I swear. I th- no. Okay, I'm kind of anti JJ. That's a whole thing for pu- another day. You're anti J. Okay, I'm not a fan of That's, the guy. No, there's a whole episode on Joss Whedon and JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams and my my things on JJ Abrams has nothing to do with like gender or anything like that. I just don't oh. think he's as good of a director as everybody Whoa. gives him credit for. Bringing out the blows in this. Yeah. <laughs> In this gender studies culture podcast, yeah, didn't expect to hear about the overratedness of certain pop culture directors. Um, Anywho, <laughs> uh, we, we were talking about being, you know, you might you may be uh, friends with somebody of the opposite sex or whatever gender you happen to be interested in. They're attractive, you find them attractive, but I mean, it, it can stop there. It can just be that, or if if it's more than that, okay. Well, they're they're in a relationship, and I'm in a relationship. That'd just be shitty for everybody if I acted on this. And 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 right. And here's where where I start with it is my my partner Jen, mm-hmm. my wife. Don't do it. My Don't wife. Do it. My, I oh, can't. You did it. If you if I sneezed uh, right now, would what would you say? I would say bless you. Right. It's like that. It's like that. Yeah, the fra- starting to starting the phrase, kind of drift with the Austin Powers. The phrase, you know, no. I make you horny kind of thing. The phrase, no, come on. My ex. We don't have to do that. You don't have to yeah, say was app. You, you don't, don't have to say. My wife. You do. Any, any my, line from a movie. My friend. You can let it go. You have to, you have to do the Borat. He no, lives in every right. one of us. You do not have to do a Borat. No, you don't. I'm leaving this part anyway. in. I'm leaving this part in. I'm not cutting it out. I, I take it as my own personal public <laughs> service announcement. Um, we started out as friends, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and we didn't start out as oh, we're gonna go on a date. 
we it was legitimate like we're gonna hang out um got to know each other and move from there and right and like right very quickly and i don't want to even say quickly and this is the other thing that kind of trips me up and hurts me hurts me trips me up um we yeah after a while like we started to become more physical and i don't mean Mm -hmm. like making out like i mean just like interacting with each other physically where physical boundaries became okay okay and then it moved on to well we're in we're in a relationship now yeah um and i think that's that that physicalness physicalness physicality um is a huge part of that difference between you know friendship and sexual desire and i think the the thing that trips me up is like well you can be physical with people you're not sexually attracted to or attracted to okay Um, yeah you can i don't like i i don't have a good example like right of essentially just like putting your arm around somebody's shoulder like a buddy Mm -hmm. um giving somebody a hug yeah like an extended hug like a cuddle yeah um like it's especially with male friends right like that's something you do to make them feel uncomfortable yeah yeah i'm not a hugger you're not i'm not a hugger yeah you like your personal space yeah, I don't know. It's it's not quite like that. I just never know what to do. That's another. <laughs> How long does it take to hug? Okay. Because there's that weird kind of male hug where you just kind of slap each other on the back once, and it's like, okay, we're done. Break. Which is which is what, what right? Which I think goes into this is like, especially as boys, we're taught like there's there's two reasons you touch another person. It's because you want to engage in them physically, sexually, or you want to fight them. Right. Yeah. Like. Those are the... two other reasons. Huh? Two other reasons. I mean, maybe their dog died and you're allowed to hug them. No, I... That ain't it. <laughs> but it's still awkward, right? Like, it's still like, oh. this is... Yeah. Touching is weird. To go back to where you brought up the point of, like, your experience of talking to guys, straight men, who find it weird to be friends with mm-hmm. uh gay men and that's whack to me i've had definitely <laughs> um because for a while it was like oh maybe i can all, maybe all of the male friends i have in my life are are gay and they're like no they're not no <laughs> no <laughs> maybe they're bi eh, probably not no well anyway <laughs> some I, maybe but i don't know but especially like how we teach young boys that they can't be physical with because that physical touch is bad or unwanted mm-hmm. there's something there i don't i'm you know i'm not a sociologist just i'm not a sociologist no, you're closer no. to a sociologist than i am you yeah, you, you yeah. did a job that had the word social in it i still you still do that. you still do a yeah. job that has the word social in it and you mm-hmm. work with people and see them all ages very socially yeah but right like there's something there about you can only touch another person because of very specific reasons. An event is happening. Right. Like there's a box of reasons. Be like the first step of physical attraction is like, well, I actually am comfortable having some shared physical contact with you, even if it's innocuous. 
Yeah, same time. I'm, I'm just not a hugger. I, I'm not sure. I, I hug my wife. I hug my kids. I hug my mom. Okay. That's pretty, that's I'm going to hug you next time I see you. If, what, what, if, what, if, what if I don't want you to hug me? Turn the tables, Tim. What if it's non-consensual hugging going on? Exactly. And I think that's and, and I think that's a, the whole other thing about, well, men and women can't be friends. It's like, well... There's some non-consensual stuff happening if they can't be friends, right? Like that the idea that men and women who are friends, it's just about one of them is interested in the other one. And it's like, well, usually it's the man is interested in the woman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then there's some... Because we're the aggressor. Then you probably should intervene, right? You should be concerned. But at the same time, has anything actually happened? in In terms of... Right. I, I'm going to try to hug you, but you don't want to be hugged because it's non-consensual. I, right. Like as a friend, I assume you would tell me that. Yeah. I'm just, I've never been a hugger. And it's fine. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying that you have to be, Um, I'm not asking you to defend it, but, but do you get what I'm saying about? Yeah. If you were, if you were Todd Wiener, which a terrible name by every account. Sure. Do not name your children Todd Wiener. I would also expect them to tell me that they were uncomfortable if I try to hug them. But also it's like, I also feel how uncomfortable you are right now. Like how, how, like at what point does this become something that's difficult for me to do? If I were to actually hug you and you were to stand there limply unhappily. Probably very tense. Yeah. At some point, like me being, you know, a human capable of empathy and sympathy would recognize like it would become uncomfortable for me too right yeah maybe and to (laughs) well it should be right that's what i'm saying that's 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 the the way this is how we should teach it it definitely should be little kid like like that's consensuality to me right like being able to pick up on cues ask somebody just freaking ask somebody it shouldn't be that the expectation is for the other person to yell at you in the face no and you yeah. stop. But you know, if they're, if they're not responding to the hug, okay, break it off. Mental note, don't do this again. Yeah, or have a conversation about it. That too. So we, I think we solved this. I think yeah. we, we, we... Put a pin in it, man. We put this to bed. Oh man, we did a service to humanity today, Tim. Two dudes right. talking about cross-gendered friendships and how and okay they are. Our listener is going to be a better person tomorrow. Our listener, or me, currently <laughs> I'm I um I'm still editing. Okay. Uh, you got what else you got? Uh, what's been getting you through this week, Tim? Oh shit, man! Fargo, season three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So we we had that in our DVD. I'm sorry, DVR. And um, for some reason, episode two did not take. We have all of them except episode two. Oh, and that episode two is a good one. And it was just, we watched the first one, really enjoyed it, but it's just like, okay, we're not going to go through the next 10 episodes without this missing piece. It, it's interesting so, because I was going to say Homecoming, mm-hmm. um, new TV show from a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Julia uh, Roberts. Julia right? Roberts. But um, Fargo. And. And even though Fargo is made by a white, I like it to me, Fargo is the best example of what it means for something made by male white industry to make something that's inclusive Mm -hmm. where 
you have female characters, but they're not all just the same character with different mm-hmm. actresses. They're all different people, right? Like, and you have disabled characters and you have, you know, people of color. Native American characters um, who are conflicted about their own race. And Mastermind, yeah. So yeah. You, you've seen the first and second season. I, I have take it. enjoyed them thoroughly. Um, cool. We could, we could, maybe we should just, maybe we should forget this manliness thing mm. and just do a Fargo recap show. Because okay. I, I need somebody to talk about this with. I haven't seen the, the uh, first and second season in a couple of years. That's fine. But uh, yeah, as soon as we can get a hold of uh, episode two, uh, I wouldn't mind taking a deep dive into that. Have you checked out Legion? I have not. Oh, Legion is good. Legion is wonderful. Same uh, showrunner. Oh, okay. So yeah. So Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley? Haley? Hawley? Um, it's an adaptation. You know, it's... The first season is it's supposed to be an adaptation of the movie Fargo, but a different story. Mm-hmm. It's an anthology series, and it's it's got everything that I want in a show. It's if you like the Coen Brothers, which not everybody does, but everybody should. It it's for you because literally it does everything the Coen Brothers movies do in a TV show, and they it ratches it up to ten. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different types of Coen brothers. The TV show really made me realize it's like, oh yeah, the Coen brothers really do have this one universe where it is love of LA crime drama. Uh, what about you? What's been getting you through this? Week? Well, um, I, a couple hours ago, I actually got to go see a movie. Um, again, the, no uh, singing animals, no princesses, no nothing like that. It was pretty awesome. Um, what about singing was there it's any called, singing? Uh, no, there was no uh, Nina. There was a scene where uh, a woman would listen to uh, Nina Simone on the record, and it broke your heart. But so there was singing. Uh, the movie is called Widows. Oh, okay. It is wonderful. Viola Davis, um, Steve McQueen was the director. Oh, nice! Just wonderful. It, it, I would say it's easily the best heist movie since The Usual Suspects. Huh. It's something that's taken very seriously, very earnestly. You're looking at a lot of different moving parts, a lot of different motivations by the characters. And, man, I, this might need to be edited out, but I think there's one thing that I really respected about the movie. The black female characters had black female hair. Like, the, the black women in my life that I know they they have dreads, they have short hair, they have braids, and the ones that I know, they kind of, if they're getting their hair straightened, they're not doing it as much anymore. I think it's something that's fading to the background. Mm-hmm. And so the black female characters in this movie have a black woman's hair, not straightened, not not product, not nothing like that. And I, I thought that was a a really a different director. I think would have had Viola Davis's hair straightener under a wig and hmm. it would have been uh beyonce playing uh, the getaway driver or something like hmm. that nothing against beyonce absolutely nothing against beyonce but i just really respected the choice that they made there to have people don't look fu- like what they do in real life don't fuck with the illuminati please why would i, I do need, that that would I be dumb i'm not that dumb i don't need i don't need jay-z out my side, outside my house but but like I said, maybe maybe delete that part out. It's a wonderful movie. Is the takeaway? No, I don't. I don't think that 
I don't I don't think that needs to be cut out. I think that's worth saying and worth noting because it's yeah. true. Because I think and I guess I guess ultimately what I'm saying is if 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 somebody out there chooses to have their hair straightened, that's their decision, and I I have nothing to say about that. But being that this was somebody who's it was directed by a black director from a black point of view, I really respect that choice. And, and the last thing I will say on this is, if I am wrong on this, yeah, man, please educate me. I, I would like to know. I'll listen to you. Yeah. I, I I think if there's a a goal for this podcast, I think Tim and I both want to become better uh, people. And if uh, we say something that offends or it doesn't sound quite right, just let us know. We'll listen to you. We'll listen. All right, Tim. All right. All right, Todd. Have a good night. Thank you, you too. once again. And Thank you. This is the end of the show. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Take care. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to the artist Kala for the use of our theme song, Freed from Greed, off their album Trinity. You can find more of their music at www.cullah.com. As always, don't keep yourself in a box. Yeah, 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 yeah.